0: Welcome to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about how to plan and execute an unforgettable event that will dazzle your guests and generate more income for your organization.
1: From fundraising and securing trendy auction items to event production and logistics, get the best tips and advice from seasoned fundraising and event professionals who have been in your shoes.
2: Okay, welcome back to the Elevate Your Event Podcast, where we talk about all the various ways you can make your next fundraising event better than the last one. So I'm Jeff Porter, CEO of Handbid, and we have Lori Mackay here in the studio with me. That's me. She is our auction event coach Extraordinaire.
1: Ooh, I'm an extraordinaire. Extraordinaire, today.
2: yeah. Well, <laughs> you're not the fan favorite Diana DuPlanchet, uh, but you are a close second, I will tell you.
1: I would say. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: You what know, the feedback we get is bring more, we want more Lori Mackay. <laughs> For sure. Less Jeff Porter, a little more Lori Mackay. (laughs) We have a special guest in the studio today, um, and she's joining us from Rochester, New York. We love that. Yeah. Upstate New York is so gorgeous there. So we have Carly Euler from Memory Fox. Carly, tell us a little bit about yourself and your company and how you guys got started.
0: Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for having me on today. Yeah, I am here in Rochester, New York, and I'm just very grateful that it's not snowing yet this year, but I know it's coming. So, you know, coming right down the pipeline. But, for myself, uh, yeah, my name's Carly. I work at Memory Fox. I'm the marketing manager at Memory Fox. But specifically about me, I actually came from the nonprofit world where I worked um, for several different nonprofits for about a decade. Um, and while I was at nonprofits, as I'm sure you all know, as I'm sure the people you work with all know, you wear a lot of hats, you do a lot of different things. So I Definitely would say my title was in the development department, but I did a lot of different stuff while I was there. And one of my roles, I did specifically just do special events. So I've run galas, I've done 5Ks, golf events, lots of really cool stuff. And you're
2: still smiling. Look at that. Mm-hmm. That is awesome.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And I <laughs> decided to come to Memory Fox because I knew that um, the impact that Memory Fox had, because I was a customer myself. So, I joined the Memory Fox team and we help nonprofits collect impact stories and then use them in ways that, you know, to help meet their goals. And a lot of times that is to raise more funds, but there's a lot of ways that you can use stories. Um, but I'm really excited to be here today and chat with you all specifically about events and storytelling and how that relates to uh, putting on a great event. That's
2: awesome. So, tell us what does Memory Fox do and how'd you guys get
0: started? Sure, so Memory Fox is a tech platform that helps nonprofits collect, organize, and share impact stories directly from their community. So this all started when our founder chris, he well, was in the Army. He's an army veteran, and when he came home, he had hoped that he had a better way to collect stories from his grandfather who had dementia, mm-hmm. and he was also a veteran. So he originally built the platform as a really fun way to collect just like family stories and in sort of like a time capsule situation. And he was, you know, connecting with people in the Buffalo area and he was sharing kind of his vision and what he was doing. And one of the local nonprofits in Buffalo, they reached out to him and they were like, well, wow, that sounds really cool. Do you think I could use that at our event that's coming up next month? And he was like, um, I don't see why not, you know, why? Well, how do you do it? How do you collect stories so far? Like, that sounds great. I'd love to have you use this. And they basically were like, well, we always need more stories. We just don't have a good way to to collect them. And he was like, oh, there might be other people like you that are interested in collecting stories. So he basically built the platform with a completely different idea. And now five years later, we're helping hundreds of nonprofits.
2: That is awesome. And I would imagine these are videos that you're capturing on a phone or is that what it is, or?
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. So how it works is, you when you become a Memory Fox storyteller, you have um, you create a campaign and you send it directly to the person you're looking to to get this story from. So depending on what inputs you're looking for, depending on what types of stories you're looking to collect, could be like a written testimonial. You can do like a text testimonial. You can just do photos. You can do video testimonials. I would say that I generally recommend video testimonials over others. Obviously. As we all know, like, I don't know if you guys are on TikTok, but like, that's obviously so engaging (laughs) and people just love videos lately. And I don't think that's going to go away.
2: If I told you I wasn't, you would not think I'm cool. So I'm on TikTok.
0: (laughs) I get it. I wasn't sure. Well, okay, so I sh- I'm supposed to think you're cool. That's what's happening. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Only because I told you I'm on TikTok. Now I got to go download the got app, it, and figure it out okay. after the show's over.
0: Yeah, he's <laughs> not then, on TikTok. Then you definitely know how powerful video storytelling. Oh, for
2: is. <laughs> sure. I've seen it in action now. Not not with Memory Fox, although I think that's a it's an amazing idea. Mm-hmm. You know, and we actually were talking about it earlier, going you. I mean, I know you guys are in the nonprofit space. I'm just thinking, like, there's a commercial application to this, too. This is really neat. Because I was on a mission trip to Africa a couple years ago.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Where did you go?
2: Went to Rwanda. And there, I watched this organization, like, do so much social proof with Instagram, it blew me away. Like, just, you know, we were in people's houses. We were, you know providing clean water filters, we were building houses and there, they're there just filming it and showing the impact we were having on families right there on the spot, posting these on Instagram. I'm like that is a that's a powerful way to mm-hmm. show your donors that you're making an impact. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought it was great yeah.
0: yeah, you're exactly right. I actually I'm really excited to hear that uh, you spent some time in Africa because I've actually lived in Kenya before. And, um, and I've coached lacrosse over there for several, several years. And um, one big way that we would raise funds in order to eventually we took our team to the World Cup was through video storytelling. So, yeah, it's really impactful.
2: That is awesome. So with Memory Fox, kind of wrapping it back into the concept of events. So when Chris did this first event and they're asking him, hey, can we bring this in? Were they looking specifically for people to give them feedback on the event or how was it used there?
0: Yeah. So sort of in the first sort of those early days, they were using it to collect people's experiences at the event. So what were they enjoying? Why were they there? What Why why did they sign up to, uh, t- to be a part of the event? Why did they register? You know, like, why are they supporting us, basically? Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of as the years have gone on, we've noticed that there are really so many different stories that can be involved with events. And it really starts before. The event starts and then there's the during and then there's also the after.
2: Very cool. So you go and you send these requests out to, to get these collected. So people get this on their phone. They're maybe self-recording a video on their phone and these are getting submitted back into Memory Fox into like the charity's account, I would assume.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So once you get a submission, it sort of goes into what we call it is the story bank. And then the nonprofit, the person who, you know, is the storyteller in this sense, they have access to all the content that's submitted to them. And they also, they can use it then to uh, organize it in a way that makes sense for them. So we usually tell people, you know, maybe tag it by how you're planning to use it or, or so you can remember ways that you want to use it in the future. Like your annual report, for example, mm-hmm. you want to maybe put a tag on that. So you remember months later when you're putting that together that you, um, that's the story you're looking to use. And then we have all these different share options that really help people take the story from the beginning and, and actually use it in an impactful way. So, for example, we're integrated with Canva, which is like amazing for nonprofits. Obviously, I hope that every nonprofit listening to this has a free Canva account because it is free and the content automatically goes into Canva as well. So it's really easy to just drag and drop and make sure that your stories are extra impactful because it's got your branding and your colors. And, yeah, that's always really important.
2: Well, that's awesome. So I take this information. It's in my story bank. And now I want to start to share this maybe through social media, through Canva, like you're describing. So in those cases, does does the charity have to edit these videos in most cases? Are they pretty raw or what do you guys typically see happen?
0: Yeah, you know, we actually are seeing I'm really glad you asked that because we're actually seeing a shift here where maybe um. Sort of as a general rule for nonprofits, maybe about five, maybe even three years ago, they were really focused on these highly produced videos that you would, you know, bring in a professional videographer, do professional lighting and interview style and all of these things and and it could be quite expensive. And I think again, not to bring it back to like TikTok or reels or anything, but we're seeing the authentic content with people that are still just sitting, you know, they're sitting on their couches, they're sitting where they're comfortable, they have their ums and their ahs are still in the videos those are actually performing much better and they're because they're a lot more relatable and they make people feel more connected to the mission so your question was about can people edit it of course they we have a video editor in our system that people we definitely would like people to um, use if they see fit but in terms of how the outcome of the video is i would highly recommend just like a more authentic less formal video and um we're seeing really good results with that.
2: I think that makes sense. It, it mm-hmm. makes it a little bit more real, right? Yeah, like maybe a little bit less, you know, produced. Yeah, in a sense.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. And it's cheaper, <laughs> which is always great for when you're talking it's about a nonprofit great. perspective.
2: Yes, it's a uh, it's a better investment,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? So <laughs> that's true. Because if obviously it's it's if you felt like a produced video would generate a huge response or some sort of massive return people would do it but to your point these these tend to be more effective because people see them as more authentic so you know as as much as we love a you know tear jerky produced video at the event i think what you're describing here is this really does i think you know give some authenticity to what people are saying so that's cool mm-hmm. i like that
0: yeah and it even could just supplement those highly produced videos you know you could collect like the b-roll of people actually doing the of performing your programs You know, if you're like a nonprofit that plants trees, it's really good to get a bunch of video at your event where you're planting the trees because you can't really recreate that when you bring in the video crew, right? I mean, unless you're unplanting and replanting trees, which would, you know, be a silly thing to do, that's really good to get like the B-roll and all this other stuff that you're going to need for those highly produced videos. You can do it cheaper even just by doing it this way. And like you said, it's more authentic.
2: That's cool. So with this here, like... Just describe how charities get set up with this and kind of what your packages and your pricing are. Kind of How how does this work for a nonprofit that wants to get started?
0: So we are a platform that operates on an equitable pricing model. And by that, I mean we take a look at your 990 and we have a conversation with you and see what you can afford. Because we really feel like every nonprofit has great stories to tell and they deserve to tell those great stories. So we really pride ourselves in trying to find a solution for everybody of every size.
2: Okay. So your pricing is looking at kind of what their current ratios are or their current fundraising expense and trying to come up with something that works yeah. financially for them. Now, does that, the the amount they're spending, do they, do, are there certain limitations they get in the platform? Do they get like less videos or less campaigns or how does that work?
0: No. Yeah. It actually doesn't work. We don't do any limitations, but I will say we do also offer add-ons. So if people do want a highly produced video using the content they collect through Memory Fox. We do offer how people can add on for things like that. We'll offer like a Canva training in case somebody is just brand new to Canva and they just, they want to get started, but they're not really sure where to start. We do a lot of other things that might help the nonprofit feel more empowered when it comes to actually using the content because we really just don't want anybody to be in a situation where they collect content and then they sit on it and they they don't use it. So, Um. yeah, we don't remove things, but we definitely have other ways that people can add additional things. Yes.
2: That's cool. And I can see that being an interesting service you could provide where you can be digging through their accounts and being like, you got a lot of videos in here and you haven't shared any of them. Mm -hmm. You know, do you guys have a plan?
0: Yeah.
1: Or combine the videos together so you can create like a montage of whatever people collected. So do you guys provide that opportunity as well for editing within your platform for people to be able to collect the content? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah longer videos.
0: That's cool.
2: I think so. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, even if you sent that off to a, pro, you know, a professional studio, they're getting more, more reasonable these days where, you know, for a few hundred a month, True. you can almost send 50, 60, 70 videos. They have to be short, but yeah. I think your, your direction to a lot of these folks is short, right? I would imagine like, what what's the typical length of yes. a video that you get back?
0: Yeah. So it really, um, we, we do have like our best practices that we recommend when it comes to what people record. And yes, that does have to do with the editing after, but honestly, most of our best practices are due to what people are willing to share. So we find that people, they just don't feel comfortable sitting in front of a video camera for more than a minute. So we just always recommend hey, let people know in 30 seconds or less, here's something we can, that we're looking for an answer from. And it's, Usually something very targeted will ask them to, like if you want to collect volunteer experiences, for example, at your event, you might uh, pull a volunteer aside and say, hey, in just 30 seconds or less, you know, look right here at the camera and let me know what has this experience been like for you today? How are you feeling after volunteering today? And that's going to get the sen- those couple of sentences that you're really looking for as opposed to just pulling someone aside and say, tell me your story.
2: Hmm. because a lot of
0: times people they get nervous they're not really sure where to start or where to end for that matter so when you when you give someone kind of more of a targeted question you're and more of a realization of like how long it should be maybe a little bit of how to frame it Mm -hmm. you're actually going to get better content because people are going to feel more empowered with that
2: i think that's that's great advice you know i mean to go in there and be like so what'd you think you know, it's like, what do I think of what?
0: <laughs> yeah, it can <laughs> be like, really hard, right? You right. might get feedback on like, well, I don't, I liked the, the weather was bad or something. And you're like, well, that's not really mm. what I'm looking for. Right. <laughs> like, I don't, that's not going to help me raise more money.
2: Right. No, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's, you know, I'm trying to think about, you know, for, for this type of service, right, for you guys, like, when you're out there, like, doing outreach, are you... Are you recommending this specifically just for events? Are you saying, hey, this is a tool that you can use across your entire, you know, I would just say fundraising and operational platform, everything from, you know, donor development to, you know, even just to your your end users, your constituents, right? The people that you're impacting. So if you're planting trees, obviously the trees aren't going to do the videos, but if (laughs) if it was somebody that could actually produce a video, that could be good. Right. And then down the road even talking to the people that actually attend your fundraisers and getting feedback from them.
1: Yeah, I would love an example of how you've seen this used in a event fundraising experience, like a, a client or somebody that you worked with where you saw them create, use this platform before an event and then potentially during and then even potentially a post. I mean, do you have, you have a good story around that, about an example of how somebody was able to peel this into an actual event to elevate it.
0: Yeah.
2: And then what the impact was. (laughs)
1: Right. I'd love to hear that.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, wow, it's, it's hard to pick one. So, I don't know, maybe I'll share a couple. But the first one that comes to mind is we have our friends at Kids Health Connections. They have a program that they hold over the summer. It's called Fit Kids 360. So, that's kind of like an outdoor event for really, you know, just like fun outdoor activities. For kids in their community that don't normally get those types of activities. And what they did at their event was they asked the uh, participants, so the children with their parents, they were participating together, um, if they wouldn't mind just sharing how their day, how they were enjoying their day and if they would recommend the program to somebody else. And if so, Mm. why? And. They got so many really adorable videos of these kids just saying, you know, my counselors are so encouraging to me and I have so much fun and it's so fun to be outside. And just, I mean, when you see them, they're just so impactful. I mean, I can't like recreate them, obviously, in my own voice. But that again, that's why video is so impactful, right? But then they took those videos and they actually used them to apply for grant applications. And they did secure mm-hmm. a grant just, well, And and part of the application was the video submission. So it's, it's, you know, we can't say that it definitely was because of the video, but I'd have to say I believe it was a pretty strong indicator.
1: Very cool. I love that idea. I do too. There's nothing like seeing the faces of the people that these nonprofits are helping. You know, anytime we work events and they have a a ask or anything along that line where it's actually at a fundraiser, the most impactful moments are going to be those videos. And I love the concept of having, you know, I could envision this being like just different shots and different moments and things that kids or whoever is the target people that you're working with, all these shots coming in of their actual faces of the people that you really are helping and impacting. Because even at events we work, we're working events where it's a lot of the development team or maybe the volunteers, and you rarely get to see the people they're actually, you know, affecting and then being able to see a lot of people, right, Right. as opposed to one story. This is that gives you the ability as a nonprofit to expand into tons of different stories. Yeah. I love that. That would be real impactful. Yeah.
2: Too. And I would say on top of that, so that's a that's a good example, right? So what we're talking yeah. about there is showing impact, right? Showing how we're impacting people, either who the charity directly, you know, mm-hmm. is doing services for, or just the people that were at, impacted at the event. But another cool thing to use it for would be to get feedback at the event. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm just going to put my cynical hat on, right? Because afterwards, everybody rolls back in and they had one or two, Things that got whispered in their ear. Mm-hmm. And so it'd be interesting to be like, okay, so yeah, maybe that one guy complained about whatever, like the food lines being too long. But we have 50 videos, right? 50, 20 second videos that we went around and captured at the event of what people were doing and what they thought. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna be A, it's gonna be way faster than a than a survey. Yeah. Right. which you're gonna send out. And you're gonna be able to get them there. So you're gonna get a way higher response rate, I would think, versus sending this email out. Now, you obviously have to crunch through the data. You know, it's not going to be something where you can just throw it into a spreadsheet and and do graphs on it, but I think it's going to be way more informational Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, you know, because what do we do with those event feedback surveys? We skip all the questions and we go right to the comments, don't we?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And this is basically the way of getting comments, but you're getting it on video. And I love that. And there's no, you're going to see the face, you're going to see the interaction, Right there, and I love that you can do it right on the spot.
2: No, you're gonna know who they are. So if mm-hmm. they want to give you like hidden feedback, <laughs> do you allow them to blur the video or like, <laughs> like do you know like on the
1: TV? You know, this person they... wants to be anonymous. Yes,
2: it's, mm-hmm. like their face is all dark,
0: I, right? They, and change the voice. <laughs> blah,
2: blah, blah.
0: I have to say that hasn't come up yet. Nobody has asked for the that anonymous feature yet. Feature. But... Maybe someone will have some really nasty things
2: to say. Can you make me anonymous?
0: (laughs) Here,
1: just put this hood on. Just put this hood on. That's right. (laughs) I love it because I'm thinking about this. You know, right now. I mean, of course, we're in Colorado and we're we're in the middle of the Coach Prime. But anytime you see Coach Prime, he's always got a whole video crew following him around. So this is a great way for to be able to get. Real life things that are happening at your event or your fundraiser. The other thing I love that you mentioned and you kind of, you know, I think maybe Jeff did or you did, you kind of skimmed over it. But I love the volunteer experience because when you're dealing with nonprofits, one of the biggest areas of strain yeah. can be, how, you know, how do I recruit volunteers? How do I get volunteers? Well, you can show them that being a part of your organization is fun or engaging or purposeful or bucket filling right there with the faces of the people that are actually volunteering. So I love it as a recruitment tool Mm -hmm. and a retention tool for volunteers as well. Right. So. And just even
2: feedback to say, you know, I didn't like this job or when I got here, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. Next time, can I do this other job? I mean, all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff is good to capture these types of
1: events. I love it. I think it's a cool idea.
2: Yeah. And you can do it like you can, I guess you could chop it up, right? I mean, like, what'd you think of the paddle raise? What'd you think of the auctioneer? What'd you think of the mm-hmm. food? You know, you could give them like a little mini interview where they'd be like, you know, as he's sitting there chowing on his app,
1: yeah.
2: you know, on his food, the food is awesome, right? <laughs> the lines are too long, you know. And like I said, it's so hard at these events, you were everybody's like all over the place, right? And you've done these galas, Carly, so you know, I mean, it's like. I catch things out of my eye. People, throw, you know, they whisper in my ear, but did I really know what all of the issues are and what worked and what didn't work? You, you don't, right? Mm-hmm. So this would be a great way to capture that too.
1: I think. Yeah. I was also thinking about it in the concept of, you know, some other fundraising opportunities. So like you had mentioned, you know, you have different campaigns and different abilities and you could do something along the line of a peer-to-peer fundraiser type of concept where everybody has their own individual fundraising page. Well, this is going to make it easier for them to record a video to put on their own page. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. people don't do that because it's a little intimidating, right? Like, what do I say in the video? You can make this really easy. Here, just tell us your story. Tell us why you're fundraising for said organization you know tell us how this organization's impacted you yep. to to you know recruit funds so it's just a cool way to do you know that and make it easy for people mm-hmm. to to record those kind of videos too
0: yeah i was going to say you're exactly right one of the number one ways that we first recommend people use memory fox like their first campaign is is just a why i support mm-hmm. campaign and we you know there's there's so many people that you can get stories from i mean that That's board members, that's staff members, that's volunteers, that's your donors. One of the things that we have recently been trying to encourage people to do more often is after someone gives a donation, have that thank you page, have a link on it and say, hey, would you mind just telling us right now, why did you give today? And maybe it's something as simple as, oh, my friend is doing your 5K that's coming up and I just want to support my friend, but it might be something deeper. And they might be potentially a much bigger donor in the future if you know that information.
1: Mm,
2: I think that's that's, good. that's very cool. I agree with that. You know, because at the end of the day, you're not. I mean, you can ask those things right on the form, like how'd you hear about us, or you know. But it's way better, I think, just to have them pop up a video and do it if you if you think they feel comfortable doing it. But
1: are you able to limit the length of the video? So if you sent out a link to somebody and said, I you know, I really just want them to record a two minute video rather than like a 30 minute video. Are you able to put those parameters in there in the software like to be able to when you send that out?
0: That is a great question. I don't believe so. We usually just offer like just people to put sort of expected instructions in there. I am not sure if that's ever come up as an issue before, but that is a good point. Like, we we don't always want people to just go on and on and on, right? Like, we don't need to start right. your story at birth. Record this quick
1: two-minute video, and then there's a countdown, so right. they've got to, like, get moving on that. So let me tell you, when I
0: first
2: encountered this organization 45 years ago.
1: <laughs> right.
2: That's it all right. started with the Mayflower. Don't want to go there. You yep. know it would be kind of cool? You know, I don't know. Like, we're in, like, product development mode right now. Yeah. So... <laughs> So like, almost like, like as you're recording the video, cause you see this a little bit with Instagram and those too like th- right? Yes. So it's like going around and then it's done and it's like,
1: and
0: you have to record
1: it. it. Yes. Yes. If you don't like it.
2: Yes. And so it's like, Oh, fooey. Mm-hmm. I went too long.
0: When I'm doing TikToks if I don't hit the right amount of what I want my TikTok to be, sometimes I have to cut myself off and then I have to start over again. And I'm not very there happy. There you go. I have to do- yep. There you go. New feature.
2: Memory talk. I'm not changing your company's <laughs> name or anything.
0: <laughs> I'll I'll ask up. Yeah, the I'm boss sure. I'm like, that.
2: don't talk to those handbid people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. So let's get techie for a second. So is this an app that people download, or is this a web page, or how do they record these videos?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. So it actually just comes to the person. So the storyteller, the person who's going to tell their story. It just comes to them as a link, so it's not an app, you don't have to download it. you don't have to sign in there's, so there's really very it's very barrier free when it comes to getting the story from your community. One thing that I will mention is we do collect consent up front, so we work with the nonprofit to make sure that their consent language makes sense for them, makes sense for their state, makes sense for what they are planning to use the story for, and in that way, the storyteller again feels a lot more comfortable up front before they've recorded anything just just to be like hey you know what i know how this might be used therefore i know what i want to say and you know because you just don't want to ever have to you don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable and you definitely don't want to share a story without someone's consent so i know that question comes up a lot with people like well how do i make sure that people are okay with it after they've sent it to me when you go through the memory fox platform we make sure it comes up front for that very reason so there's no discrepancy there
2: got it Okay, so when I'm so I'm sent a link and then I click it, I open up this Web page and I provide my video feedback, for example. I know you can do text and and photos, too. Right. But do you know who I am? Correct. Am I entering in my name and my email address or something or.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's completely up to the nonprofit. They can put in any of those fields if they so choose. They can also make those required or they can just be optional. So Mm -hmm. we work with a lot of veteran nonprofits, for example, and they might put something optional on there. They might require a name and an email address if they want to maybe look for clarification later about the story or ask for additional details. But then they might put something optional like what branch of the military did you serve in or where were you stationed? And then they also have more context if they want to use that later, but that would be completely up to the um, storyteller.
2: Cool. Okay. I would imagine it's... In most nonprofits' best interests, although, I, I mean, obviously, you're making them do more work, but to get at least a name and an email so you can reach back out to these people. So let me ask you this question, though. Are the charities just pushing these out to people they already know?
0: Um, well, that's a really good question. I'm glad you asked that. I have a great example about that. Um, so mm-hmm. we work with Wreaths Across America. Are you familiar with Wreaths Across America? Mm-hmm. So they they are actually a small nonprofit, but they have like this massive, massive reach where they have their National Wreath Laying Day in December, where they place wreaths on the graves of, you know, certain service members that, you know, have fallen due to their service. And it's this massive undertaking. They're in thousands and thousands of cemeteries. And they, obviously, they don't know each volunteer by name that helps go that is laying those wreaths, but when they do lay the wreaths, they will receive a campaign afterwards where they can share the photos that they took while they were volunteering and they are welcome to upload any videos or, um, or, or written testimonial, obviously from the day, but it's by far videos and photos that people probably were going to take anyway, or that they took organically on their phone and they uploaded them later. And then they will ask them to just let them know like what location were they at? What cemetery did they, did they participate in? And then, you know, we're finding that, I mean, they got like 8,000 pieces of content in wow less than a week just from this event. And um, I mean, that's really like, that's that's content for the whole year, right? I mean, that's, that's life-changing <laughs> content for a yeah, nonprofit. So.
1: Well, the reach is so much bigger. I mean, right. they're all over the place doing that. That's such a cool concept. Yeah, It kind of reminds me a little bit, this is going to be maybe not the best analogy, but I think about like when you have your wedding and what people got really popular to do was to put those cameras all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. Like the idea of instead having a link like this at the event where you can sit there and just take video real quick of your experience at the event. And then now you have all this stuff, but you as the auction manager or whatever, whoever you are running the event, you missed it all. But this was all happening kind of at your event. It's just kind of a cool way to 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 build, like you said, a whole story around your event, which is pretty neat. I love that. That, yeah. reminds me of that. You remember that? Remember when people used to put cameras out on there. Now they yeah. don't because they have.
2: I got married twenty-seven years ago, so you don't want to know what the cameras look like.
1: <laughs> we didn't even have. I didn't even have like portable cameras to put out on tables. That's
2: all. And Carly's hard. like, okay, so you used to have to take your film and go to a drugstore and get it and get it developed. Yeah. So we got to. Mm-hmm. Catch you up on how things used to work around here, <laughs> as my kids say. There's no such thing as unlimited photos yeah. back in the '80s and '90s, <laughs> especially for those.
0: But I, well, I do remember doubles. Oh, yeah. I remember oh, getting yeah. doubles. I remember the photos you would. They would. You always get doubles. You drop <laughs> yeah. them yeah. Only off at like, like a Walmart, cents and they would yeah. develop. <laughs> You got to get the doubles, exactly, yep. and then you give them out. You make an album, yes. you give them out. That's you funny. know what's funny? That I, I mean,
2: don't know why we're onto this, but this is a fun topic. So my daughter, who's in college, has a Polaroid camera now. Have you seen these yes. things?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they no, they're are trendy. Are you kidding
0: me? <laughs> it's trendy now.
2: <laughs> like, and then she's like, hold on, Dad, And she's waving it. You have to wait for it to develop. I said, really? you know, technology has advanced. That was back in my day. That's what we used. Are you hey, kidding me? Hey, people
1: still need, you know memorabilia like that.
0: It's still. Well, you are, you are speaking with someone in Rochester, the home of (gasps) Kodak. Yes, it is true. Yeah. But I think for organizations
1: that have those nationwide events happening at one time and, you know, I just think that's a really cool idea. I think it's an awesome idea. I mean,
2: to to your point, you can't be everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. And so this is a way, you know, of creating a massive memory across an entire national event. I think it's awesome. Mm
1: -hmm. You could even be broadcasting it at your event, where you have different things happening throughout the country, and you're getting this feedback coming in, and then you, as the manager, can put it up on a big screen at a different event and show other things that are happening elsewhere. Right. It used to remind me we'd do house parties. We would do house parties during COVID. Yeah. Same type of content. So are you
2: hosting all this stuff on YouTube or is this like you host this internally and then people share it on YouTube or how's it work like these videos?
0: Yeah. So basically once it's in your story bank, you, you know, that is your original content. You're welcome to do with it whatever works best for you. We do, like I said, we're integrated with Canva. So I'm like a big fan of, of um, making adding your branding, adding your logo, stuff like that before you share it out. Um, but yeah, we see people will use like their short form video on YouTube Shorts, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Instagram Reels, Facebook Watch. I mean, gosh, everything has its own short form video now. <laughs> What's the new um, one called? But of course, you're you can use it on just regular YouTube as well. Like, is it even just called just regular YouTube? I don't know what you. I call don't that. even
1: know. Um, Basic YouTube. YouTube.
0: N- normal YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> original. Original
1: recipe.
2: The YouTube OG.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 That's funny. No, so, it's good. I love that. Very cool. That.
2: Yeah, I mean, we could dive into all the technical stuff around this. This sounds so mm-hmm. much fun. But I love the concept. I love the product.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It sounds amazing. So, how, how do our listeners get in touch with you if they're interested in learning more about Memory Fox?
0: Sure. So, our website is memoryfox.io. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or I guess I should say X, LinkedIn. And like I've mentioned now several times, I am on TikTok. If you want to follow me, I'm at Carly underscore Memfox. I do like fundraising videos. I also have videos of my dog on there, so that's super fun. And Wait, you don't
2: do the dances, like?
1: Oh, I bet she does.
0: I don't. I don't. I haven't done a dance. I haven't done a dance. I'm more on the the nonprofit tips side but yeah. uh, maybe i'll get maybe i'll dance someday. i took four
2: teenage girls to rwanda and every time i turned around i'm like i'm gonna let you use your phones <laughs> simply because i want you to capture these memories right like yeah. I, I don't yes not not because i want you guys on tiktok and every time i turned around they're in there on the doing their thing <laughs> <laughs> doesn't stop no doesn't. So, awesome Okay, Carly, thank you so much for spending time with us today. And, you know, I think our listeners really do appreciate, you know, some of the things that they can do with video. Yeah.
1: Testimonials. Yeah, just testimonials and collecting content. It's
2: awesome. Mm
0: -hmm. I love it. Yeah, thank you. Thank Thank you so much for having me.
2: Yeah, you're most welcome. All right, we're going to wrap up this episode of Elevate Your Event Podcast. Until we see you next time, leave us a five-star review. If you're not going to leave us a five-star review, you don't don't need to leave us a review.
1: <laughs> Five star reviews. Send us a
2: TikTok. We don't have a TikTok account yet, mm-hmm. but uh, send it to Carly. It should be <laughs> well. She'll be willing to share it with us. Other than that, um, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else, including YouTube. Mm-hmm. OG, yep. that you might be watching your podcast or listening to your podcast. We so appreciate you guys. We appreciate your comments. Keep bringing them in. Until next time, happy fundraising.